Okay, you ready, Mike? I'm going to hold you to the honor system right now. Are you ready? Yes. Rock, paper, scissors, and shoot. What'd you do? Scissors. Rock. <laughs> this happened to me when I played against you when you told me, oh, I'm going to go rock. But my problem was mm. I'd already made my mind up before you said that. And so I was like, I basically fell into the Monty Hall problem with you <laughs> accidentally, which wasn't the point of the video. It's like, you can change it. I was like, I never will change it. And then I then faked it and then got to the second one, knocked out again because I chose scissors again. So I only legit got to the second one. That's as far as I got legit. And then I gave up and just clicked through everything. Yeah, I mean, but that's because good old rock. Nothing beats rock, Mike. So we are obviously talking about your Rock, Paper, Scissors video slash series of videos. Video, I feel like, does not capture the totality of what has happened in my life over the past several months. Yes. I want to talk through this with you because I'm very interested. And also, Cortexans have been banging down my door wanting to know about the production of this video. So, like, Oh, okay, great. People yeah. want to hear about this, so I'm very interested. But I want to start at the start mm -hmm. because every video that you have starts with a piece of information or an idea, right, that comes from somewhere. And I'm intrigued to where did this video begin? Because there's kind of two parts to it. There is the game, but there's also the odds. And so where did the Rock, Paper, Scissors video, like how did it first find its way into your like, oh, I might look at this? Like what was it that triggered it? I'm not quite sure what you mean by there's the game and there's the odds. Well, there's the game of Rock, Paper, Scissors, right? Like just oh, as a thing. Oh, okay. But yeah. then there are also the one in a million because you didn't need to do the one in a million. Right, okay, yeah, For yeah, this yeah. to be a thing, right? Like there's kind of like the two things going on in this video of like, you could have just played Rock, Paper, Scissors against the internet, right? And it could have been like a choose your own adventure thing, which it was. Mm. But there was also this other through line of can you get to one in a million, which is like a specific thing that you kind of decided. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also another thing, which is just talking about the game in itself, like the concept of rock, yeah. paper, scissors, which I didn't do at all. Exactly. That's what I mean. And I, and I wondered, like, did it start with I want to make a video about rock, paper, scissors? And then it's like, oh, actually, I can make a video playing it. We'll get into the details. This was an insanely enormous project. Mm -hmm. I think by very many metrics, this is the hardest thing that I have yet made. It was a big asteroid that crashed into my life. So there's a lot of post analysis that I want to do that I just, at time of recording, haven't had a chance to do. And one of those is doing some Evernote archeology span to try to figure out when is the earliest documentation that I have for starting this video. I know that it had to be at least five or six years ago because wow. I can date in my mind talking to some specific people at YouTube, actually, about doing something like this. Right. It was back in the day for when YouTube was doing, like, YouTube originals. And so there was a question of, like, oh, does this make sense as a YouTube original? And the answer was, no, it doesn't. So. <laughs> it's like, you you know, someone was like, you'd heard through the grapevine, oh, so YouTube will pay you. The more episodes you do, the more they'll pay you. And you're like, I have an idea for a thousand videos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so my memory goes back to at least then. Of like, I remember having a conversation. But even at that point, I know the idea was pretty solid and had been around for a while. So we're talking like basically for as long as you can remember, the idea was I want to play the game with people. Like that was yeah. the idea. 
playing the game was the original idea. I yeah. thought that it, there was something fun about this notion. And it had been in my mind just because YouTube allowed this, you know, unlike basically all other video platforms, they do allow some amount of interaction. Like it's not a lot. It's just a little. You can choose between clicking on a couple of things and they'll take you to different videos. Importantly, on all platforms. There's some asterisks to that, but it's basically all platforms. It doesn't yeah. work well on TVs, but it's yes. possible. Like you can still click them, but it's hard. Mm. But like, you know, it works best on computers and phones, which let's be real, that's what people are watching the videos anyway. So Yeah, for sure. Like on my analytics, I think it's like sixty percent of views now are on phones. Mm. It's at least it's over half, but it's it's a lot. The a thing ton. is, even when I hear that, it's like, yeah, that's a high number, but I'm still surprised it's not more. I think the truth is it's not more because the majority of desktop views I am absolutely certain are coming from people who are supposed to be working on their work computers watching YouTube. That's where the other 40% are. Oh, I mean, I do that, right? Like, everybody does that, but it, it's just still surprising to me. Like, honestly, like, I'm surprised that, like, people aren't at work and they're just looking at their phones. You know, I, th mm. I know people do that too. But anyway, it's just, that's always a surprise to me. It's like, oh, 60% is a lot, but I'm also like, yeah, but why is it not 80? I think, actually, the big surprise for me in the last two years is the very clear upward trend of views on TV. I think last time I mm. looked, it's like 10% now. And it used to be under 1%. Like it used to not even show up in the analytics. But it's like YouTube is slowly gaining ground on TV. That is much higher than I expected. That's wild. Yeah, it's also very noticeable that it's on the weekend. Okay. Something about YouTube over the years has, for some portion of the population, become a... Oh, this is what I watch on the weekend along with Netflix and whatever. I was going to say, I feel like Netflix is the reason this has happened in a weird way. Yeah, it has to be. Right, which is just like trained people to be choosing videos using their smart TV. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so now YouTube is just like shoehorned into that because people are already there. Like because people want Netflix on their TV, they have some kind of smart TV or some kind of thing that makes their TV smart. So then they also just watch YouTube there as well. That's yeah. fascinating. I would never have expected 10%. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it either. I, I wouldn't have even noticed if a friend hadn't pointed it out to me of like, go check out your TV view stats over the last few years. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like total upward trend, like surprising. Because it's like, I know I do it, but this just feels like one of those things that I do because I'm a nerd and I have an Apple TV, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like one of these things that I just assume everybody's doing. Yeah, everyone who watches YouTube on their TV probably feels like they're the only person who does it. But actually, yeah. it's becoming a significant number of people. Huh. Anyway, so it, like that stuff had just been on my mind because I was thinking about, I need to make sure where the devices are in order to still do this. And TV was the one I was thinking about of, like this just basically won't work on a TV for almost anyone. And so, yeah, I just wanted to double check, like, great. Phones are still basically everything. Phones and computers, I'm good to go on this. But yeah, so... <sighs> It had been on my mind for a long time of like, what can you do with this little bit of interaction that YouTube gives you? And I think some kind of choose your own adventure thing is the obvious thought to have about this. And I mean, this gets into the math of things. There are reasons that video choose your own adventure things just don't work very well so uh, like I, I sort of ruled out straight away like well you can't do an actual choose your own adventure thing mm -hmm. so then kind of thinking about okay maybe it could be a game what options are possibilities and then very quickly it just narrows down to like rock paper scissors is the only thing I ever 
really considered in a serious way as like, what could you do with this interactivity? It's maybe the most interesting thing that you could simply manage. Yeah, yeah. Right, like that people understand, they get, you have to explain the rules really, like it's quite simple, I guess. I did just want to provide a quick piece of follow-up the Cortex YouTube channel is 10% TV, which is mad. <laughs> okay, that's really crazy. Who's doing that, you know? <laughs> but like, you do you, I guess. Yeah, we're in your living room right now on the TV. That's amazing. Thanks yep. for watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're totally right that if you start thinking through what are the options, I think almost anyone would kind of boil it down to rock, paper, scissors is the only sensible choice to do. You know, like three things to choose from is significantly more interesting than two without becoming as complicated as four. You can basically assume that it's got to be what, like 99% of the English speaking world must know the rules of rock, paper, scissors. Like there can't possibly be any other game that you could count on like a random English speaker anywhere in the world knowing. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking about this for years, but one of the things that held me back on it was that I was originally thinking oh this game could be fun but this isn't the main thing this would be like an addition to doing a video about the game of rock paper scissors right and then like as a little bonus I can do this game I mean I understand for like the way that you make videos like you, you can't just be like here's a thing I did that's not the kind of creator that you are right like the videos tell a story there's something to them i almost feel like anyone could make the rock paper scissors game but the way that you did it was interesting in the way that you would do it and i guess that's what you're going to say like you came to that thought yeah i mean like i think longtime viewers of my stuff will know that one of the reasons it's just takes forever for me to make things is I'm not very happy ever doing just the direct description of a thing. Like I don't like to make a video that's just like, let me tell you about this thing. Yeah, I always feel like there has to be some other element to it that makes it uniquely interesting in some way. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's a critical fact that I'll stumble upon. Like I've mentioned this before, like I'll be reading about a topic and it's like, yeah, no, this could be interesting. And then there's like, you find one piece of information and you go like, ah, this is what I build the whole video around. Like for me, the iconic example of this is always the tumbleweed video. It's like the fact that tumbleweed are originally from Russia. It's like, oh, now it's a video. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is interesting. Like all of the framing can be built around this concept. But just a video about tumbleweed talking about what they are. It's like, I just think that's kind of boring most of the time. So I'm, I'm always like looking for the other thing. And so for years and years, I didn't make a lot of progress on this rock, paper, scissors thing because I was always kind of focused on, well, I need to make an interesting video about the game of rock, paper, scissors. And I never really found what's the interesting thing about this that's more than just talking about the history yeah there's plenty of videos out there that will like basically give you uh like an entertaining wikipedia level summary of the history of rock paper scissors and like that's fine yeah but i was always trying to find like but what's the additional thing what kind of makes this interesting the closest i ever got was 
just how rock, paper, scissors is related to the Pokemon system. Yeah, man. Uh, it's kind of interesting. But the problem for me is I just never really got that into Pokemon. So I like mm-hmm. I'm the wrong person to try to do this. System's totally broken now, but yes, originally it was very much like that. <laughs> now there's too many types is the problem. And so it isn't as simple as it used to be. That was like the original idea of this was like, how far can you push rock, paper, scissors before it breaks? And it's like, it works reasonably well with five. Like there's a bunch of different interesting variations of rock, paper, scissors that have five different moves. What are the other implements? (laughs) Here's the thing. I was about to try to say them off the top of my head. And if I just said them, it's like, I'm going to mix them up. I know in some of them it's like lizard. Lizard is one of the options. Yep, everyone knows lizards Uh, eat rocks. Yep, okay. Okay, so the most popular variant is rock, paper, scissors, Spock, lizard. Oh. And you add in this additional one, and you can get a sensible five different versions of this. Now, that one's been popularized by, I think, the Big Bang Theory. Like, there's... Oh, God. There's the, the actual, like foundational version of it is rock paper scissors water fire some of these get into strange things where the throws are not equal so it's not like there's a one-third chance some of it breaks down where it's like you have a one-ninth chance of winning throwing one thing and it kind of adds an interesting strategic element where they're not perfectly equal anyway what i am telling you right now is part of the problem of like why did this never happen because The moment you start talking about there's versions where there are five, but then you have to explain some of these versions that are five don't have even math. At this point already, it's like, okay, you're just going to lose people. And why are you even telling them this? Like, what purpose is this trying to serve? It's not complicated enough to be interesting in and of itself. You know, like with a lot of my videos, the fact that it's complicated can be interesting where there's just like a deluge of stuff. Like all the airport codes, right? It's like the very fact that the video, like you're 10 minutes into the video and it's like, oh, by the way, we've only spoken about one tenth of the number of codes that exist. That's the interesting thing in the video. The complication of those videos, and I also actually feel the same for the highway ones, which is like the information, you don't need it. Like what is making this complicated is all the numbers. You don't mm-hmm. need to remember any of these to understand what's going on here. And that's yes. what makes it interesting, where if like you were doing this video about rock, paper, scissors... The numbers actually matter for yes. understanding. Yeah, it's the yeah. rules. It's the, the rules of the game, like how the game is played. And so like if they don't make sense to you, then you're not going to be able to retain the information to carry on with the video, I guess. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then like the Pokemon thing is also like, why was this always a problem? It's like, oh, I kind of thought the Pokemon system is interesting. It's basically even rock, paper, scissors, but you just keep increasing the number of Pokemon of like bug type wins against ghost type or whatever. I don't know. There are some that are easy to remember and some that aren't like, but yes. What's your favorite type of Pokemon? I'll say grass because I'm a a Bulbasaur guy. You're a Bulbasaur guy? Okay. What does grass defeat? Grass defeats water. Okay. What defeats grass? Fire. Okay. The fire defeats grass makes sense, but- Grass defeating water doesn't quite make sense. I feel like they only made that decision because they have the three that begin, right? So, like, you have Mm. a fire type, a water type, and a grass type. And so, like, fire and water were easy. And fire Mm. and grass, also easy. But then you need the middle piece. And so then, like, grass does the thing that kind of doesn't make sense. But Mm. by the end of it, you've got the three. Because the game is kind of the way that the game's structured at the beginning. It's important that you have 
the three that can defeat each other, the, the rock, paper, scissors of it all, I guess. But what you're talking about here is also like, what is the problem with trying to make an interesting video about rock, paper, scissors? It's like, okay, so say I'm going to skip the whole thing about, oh, there's versions of five, and I'm just going to talk about Pokemon. It's still the same problem because a huge number of people are just not going to be familiar with Pokemon. And so now you have the problem of you're trying to explain two things at once. Well, I will say, just for the record, Pokemon is like the most successful intellectual property of all time. Did you know that? It's not going to defeat the, the the point that you're making. I'm not rock, paper, scissors in you here, but I just, that's like a funny <laughs> fact that I think maybe a lot of people don't know about Pokemon is it's like how successful it is. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But yes, yeah. for this video, you would have to explain it. Which yeah. now we're doing a video about Pokemon. But see, like, that's exactly it, right? The problem yeah. is, it's really about the ratios, right? The number of people who know rock, paper, scissors is functionally the entire human population. Yeah. And the number of people who know Pokemon is a subset of that. Mm -hmm. You're immediately leaving behind some set of people who know rock, paper, scissors, but who don't know Pokemon. And yeah. now you are explaining both things. Yeah. So this is just why it's like, I was toying with this for years and years and I just like never found what's the thing that for me would make a rock, paper, scissors video interesting to do that doesn't just cause more problems. And you're exactly right. Like you hit on it before. Fundamentally, it's a game and it means like you're explaining rules of a game. And if you're going to do that, you need to be sure that you're not introducing a new game in your explanation of another game. Like, I think that's just fundamentally a problem. Mm. Like, for example, take like the Ken Chess with Hexagons video. The difference there is like that video is immediately sorting for everyone who watches and enjoys this at least knows roughly the rules of chess. And now I'm just telling you a variation on those rules. You yeah. have the thing to compare it to. But even in that, like, I'm not sure if people notice, I assume everyone who watches that video knows how to play chess, but I still take the time to just remind people what the standard motion of each of the pieces are, because I think otherwise you lose people. Well, I know how to play chess, but not frequently. So like, it is helpful to have a refresher in yeah, that yeah, video exactly. of the movements of some of the pieces. Because like I have played chess, I know how to play chess, but it's kind of like Monopoly in a way for me, where I, I just gotta yeah, just have a quick yeah, scan yeah. of the rules just so I remember like, oh, this piece moves that oh I got the two mixed up, you know? Like so it is helpful to have that. Right, yeah, yeah. How do I get out of jail again? I don't remember. Like I rolled doubles or, or sevens, is it craps? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, this is all like the behind the scenes stuff. Like, what am I thinking about while trying to do stuff? Mm -hmm. And this is also why at this point now, basically every video I do has been in the background for a really long period of time. And this is one of these things of like, yep. I'm not working on it, but I'm just like trying to find the thing and you never know when you do. Yeah. Now, some projects just, this is the way they die that you never really find the extra thing and then you just stop thinking about it and then you forget that you ever thought about it in the first place and it's just like off into ghost land it goes mm -hmm. like it did like it never existed but rock paper scissors has stuck with me for years because i was like there's something here i just need to figure it out i just i can't find what the thing is and so it was really at the very end of last year 
sort of rolling over into the beginning of this year that I finally found what is the thing. And you never know where this is going to come from. <laughs> and for me, the answer, it couldn't have been more unexpected. <laughs> like starting in September of last year, I had, for various reasons, a bunch of existential risks just on the back of my mind, like I was thinking about them a bunch. And that's where I was like, this is what it is. This is actually what connects to rock, paper, scissors, is the extinction of the human species. Like you're dealing with this thing of numbers and like then probability and numbers getting so huge. Like what does it mean to talk about millions and billions and trillions? If you'll allow me to step in for a moment. Because there, there is an important piece of context that has been missed here. I don't, I don't think it has been missed. <laughs> will not know what you're talking about unless they've clicked all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to that, right? Okay, so cool. Like... I just want... Because like, now we're into existential risk, which is like, for a minute, I was like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah, the end. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about the end. <laughs> like, I also had a video that was sort of in the works for a long time, which was just about trying to visualize bigger and bigger numbers that was also kind of suffering from the same problem of like, what's the interesting thing here rather than just trying to do this. Mm -hmm. Basically sometime between the end of last year and the beginning of this year, it merged into my brain that these things were all connected. Rock, paper, scissors was connected to this concept of really big numbers, which was also connected to this concept of existential risk which is the chance of the human species being wiped out forever mm -hmm. and this is where i realized oh wow okay because of the way statistics works in this really unintuitive way the odds of winning and the numbers of players you would need to like reach a certain number of wins gets big really fast like much bigger much faster than people would guess that it would and so you can very quickly run into a case of like, how many rounds of rock, paper, scissors would you need to play before no one on earth could possibly win this game? How many rounds of rock, paper, scissors would you need to play before all of the humans who've ever lived, no one would win that many times in a row? And then just extend it further. Like how many rounds of rock, paper, scissors would you need to play before no humans who might ever live would win this game. And again, because of the nature of exponential math, it's not like a bazillion rounds. It's a, I'm going to say the word manageable in like a huge quotes now. It's a manageable number of rounds. And so this is what I started to work on in the background of other projects at the beginning of the year was how can I connect these ideas together mm -hmm. and that's what mike is trying to just jump to to let viewers know that if you keep playing the game the game is basically a fake out right i'm saying like we're gonna play rock paper scissors until you win one in a million odds but that's not really what the video is if you get to that one in a million point it keeps going and it says like we're gonna play until one in a billion which could be someone on earth. And then from one in a billion, there's still more videos and it goes, we can play until one in a trillion, but a trillion is such a big number that if you're taking the idea seriously, it calls into question, will someone ever be able to 
win this? Will someone ever honestly be able to win this many games in a row? And the answer could quite possibly be no. So mm-hmm. that's the way all of this came together. And so what I eventually realized was the solution of how do I make my rock, paper, scissors video interesting was, oh, I don't actually need to do that part at all. I can just ditch the whole idea of making a video about the game Rock, Paper, Scissors. I can just do the game itself because I've found a way to put what I think is the interesting extra part hidden inside of this as a surprise to the really dedicated viewers. So like realistically, it's about odds. And then you tie that into the fact that <laughs> the world might not ever exist long enough to do the one in a trillion, even if people were like actively trying to do it, right? I guess that's how I'd put it. I would like to, especially listeners of this show, sincerely recommend that people click all the way through because I think it's kind of a travesty in a way that like, it may be the best writing of yours that I have experienced is the trillion video. Oh, wow. Thank you. I clicked all the way through and I was, I will say, quite surprised by it. Like, it was very good, very emotional and beautiful. So, I, I just think people should watch it because it's worth it. And plus, it's, I would say it's fun. I would do it anyway, but like, I did it for my work where I just click, <laughs> clicking win and I went through the whole thing and like just wanted to see where it was going mm-hmm. i want to ask how many videos there are in total yeah so if, if people want to get to that yeah mike's right you just need to keep clicking win and i'm trying to remember off the top of my head i think it's like 20 something clicks to get okay. to the end again it's sort of fewer than you would think because exponential math adds up quickly. To get to a trillion, you don't click it hundreds of times, but it's just, <laughs> which is what you would think, but it's yeah, just because of the way that odds work, right? Like, I actually quite like how when you start getting up to the really high numbers, you start providing context for that too, which I thought was really helpful to help it kind of drive home the idea of just how unlikely it is that somebody could get to this point. Like you're using like the metaphor of the maze, right? And just like yeah. people getting knocked out. And I thought that worked really well. I'm glad you liked the ending. Like this is, I mean, it's a couple episodes ago. This is partly why I was saying, uh, I think a few things will make sense to people now, right? Now that I could talk about like, oh, the, the rock, paper, scissors thing is the thing that was driving me crazy that I was working on. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, all of the things I was talking about, how, why I had to be locked away in a hotel room and I was yep. trying to keep a big project in my head. This is it, right? Yep. This was the thing. It's like, boy, this is not the kind of thing you can work on for like a few hours a day and then go back to your normal life and come back and just be like, oh, let me pick up where I finished. It's like, no, no, no. You've got to do this all at once or you're just never going to finish it because it's big and complicated. It's also the part where I said I was, I was like a little bit nervous about how this would do because in many ways it's quite earnest. And yeah, like that last video, I, I never really know how people take things, but I really mean that mm. as a video. So I'm, I'm glad that you like it. I kind of know what you mean by, in a sense, it's a shame that a very small number of people will ever see it. But I kind of feel like that's the point. It yeah. is a video for the dedicated people to find. The way that it feels is the way that you're writing it purposefully, right? Like it's written to the trillionth person. And so Mm. like it has this kind of feeling of a time capsule. 
Yeah. And so, like, that's what I think makes it so effective is, like, it is a message to a person who may or may not ever get there. I think, you know, this is the kind of stuff where you're sort of putting an emotional state on the line, which Mm. always feels very vulnerable as a creator. Yeah. And I was really conscious of I wanted to write that part when on that vacation where I had been just completely isolated from everyone for two weeks and was just thinking about this. So like I was kind of, I was really trying to put myself in some ways in this like mindset of isolation. And like, I'm just, there's no one that I know who is around and I'm just in this room and trying to like think forward about what this means. And having written that I had some ideas that like, Oh, I was going to revise that a bunch after I was done, but I thought, no, no, no. Like I wrote this in a little moment and I'm not going to revise this after the trip is done. Like the version that I ended up making there is like, I'm just going to stick with that even if it's not perfect, because I think imperfect things can sometimes capture a mood better than if you do try to make it absolutely perfect. So that certainly explains the way it feels Hmm. because it does feel different. Like, it feels like it's you coming from a different, like, style and point of view. And so, realistically, it's vulnerable. Like, the writing is vulnerable because you are probably in a more vulnerable state at that point. Like, working on what you were working on. And, like, this is one of those things which I feel like hasn't happened in actually quite some time where I was just, like, very aware of the growing complexity of the project. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this used to be something that you would be dealing with more years ago than recently, where like, yeah, something's coming, it slips, it slips, it slips, it's, and it just kept happening, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm also assuming at that point, you, and I know you are so over it. There's some parts of this which kind of naturally bleed into our like yearly themes discussion. So I want to intentionally hold some things back but i I will just say here that in many ways i I actually feel like this project was a real kind of for me personal crowning work achievement even though it just absolutely destroyed me because like you said i don't think you have had that experience in a while of like the of the project slipping in the way that this did which was Mm -hmm. much more frequent and i feel like i have gotten so much better at managing complicated projects over the years And what has just happened is I was able to do something that a past version of me just would never have been able to do. That is a great point. Yeah. You of two years ago, even, you wouldn't have been able to do this. There's just no way. You wouldn't have been able to get it done. It's too much. It's nice in careers to be able to have moments that you can point to and be like, oh, look, I like objectively developed in some way in my work. And I think the rock, paper, scissors one is that for sure. Personal growth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) People like to feel like there's some kind of motion and momentum. But this is just such a strange project for me because in some ways it just ended up completely destroying all of my plans for the whole year and was ruinous, but was also like, I feel really really happy with the way this came out. And I feel like there is no reasonable version that could have gone better than this did. And there is no younger version of me who could have possibly made this. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with the way it came out. And I'm pretty happy with kind of like getting into the right state to write that last video. And 
I don't know, to try to like earnestly express some ideas that have been on my mind for a while in mm. just in a different way or in a different context. And I'm okay with the fact that a small number of people will ever see that because I think it works that if someone just shows that to you, it's in a very different context than if you click through all of the videos. Yes. I think it's an important part that, and it took a long time to make it work right, that as you keep clicking through, you have this sort of like opposite experience that you as the player keep winning. And so that's great for you. But the longer it goes on, the sadder the character of Grey is. And it's like, it's not really clear, like, why exactly is he sad or like these references to the future and then i think like that last one kind of can really hit you at the right moment and i've gotten a lot of just really great feedback from people on that and mm. like it it does really seem like it has worked so yeah i mean this is why like i'm i'm telling people to go watch it but i'm not going to put a link to that video right? <laughs> yeah no don't you link it directly have to go yeah. through it's important because it won't make sense like yeah. you have to see the escalation it's an important part of then being able to contextualize why we're talking about the end of civilization <laughs> at the end of a rock, paper, scissors sequence. Yeah. This is also why when I came upon this idea, like sometimes you just know something is perfect because it's also just like, what an opposite ending to the start of a seemingly trivial yep. video. Yep. Like there's almost this meta level of it. The video itself comes off as, oh, this clickbaity thing of like, oh, it's rock, paper, scissors. Like let's internet plays the game. And then at the end, it's like, this is the most serious video I've ever made. Yeah, so <laughs> step one, would you like to play a game with me? Step four, I'm worried about the extinction of the human race. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that escalated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and again, like the reflection of it of like, the very fact that you have been experiencing odds and you're experiencing what unlikely odds feel like is the reason I am worried about these unlikely events. Like, it's just everything just kind of comes together. And I'm really happy when a project does that. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out from the crowd of a beautiful website, engage with your audience and sell your products, services, or the content that you create. Squarespace has everything you need all in one place. It is so incredibly easy to get a beautiful professional website off the ground with Squarespace. This has been something I have been doing for about 15 years now. When I have a project that I want to get online, I don't want to have to jump through a million hoops. I want to get something that looks professional, looks fantastic, is easy to use, and fast for me to show to the world. And I have an idea or something I want to share. The thing I want to do is share it. I don't want to wait for it. And that is why I use Squarespace. I get an incredible result with all of the features I would like in the fastest possible time. You get started with one of their beautiful best-in-class templates, which are being pushed further than ever before with Squarespace's next-generation website design system. Every design detail has been reimagined with a drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. You can stretch your imagination online with this system called Fluid Engine. It is built-in and ready to go on any new Squarespace site. Talking about built-in, everything's built-in. You want an online store? It's built-in. You can sell physical or digital goods. They have all of the tools you need. 
Do you need analytics? Fantastic. They're built in too. You can learn where your site visitors and sales are coming from, analyze which channel is most effective for you, improve your website, and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products or content. Squarespace, make it happen. Go to squarespace.com slash cortex today and you can sign up for a free trial and build your full website. When you're ready to launch, use the code cortex to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash cortex and the code cortex when you sign up and you will get 10% off your first purchase and you will be showing your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of Cortex and Relay FM. I have some technical questions for you. Project of this complexity, working within a system you do not control just means there's going to be a lot of weird things that go on. But I would like to know, to start with, how many videos are there and how long is the total runtime? Oh, okay. In the end, the number of finished videos uploaded to YouTube that are connected together is 113 videos. Okay. I phrase it like that because... There were many more videos uploaded to YouTube, but things don't always work out. Like there's just, you have to re-upload things. There's glitches. Mm -hmm. The original version was probably going to be closer to 120. But at the very last minute, I was like, a couple of these I just have to cut out because I like I just, I just can't. Like I have to yep. get this thing finished. Yep. So the final version has 113 videos. Okay. And I am so glad that I did not know this until after it was finished. But the runtime of all of those videos is one hour and 33 minutes in total. It's quite a lot. Again, if I had known this at the start, I would never have started. So I'm very glad that I did not. But yeah. Why is that? Like about the runtime? Like it seems like the amount of videos isn't the problem, but it's the length of them. It's more just like I was completely shocked by the runtime is, right. is the way that I would put it. Like I always knew the number of videos. The number of videos was the thing that I was thinking about. Yeah. That runtime is a bit of an overestimate, right? Like probably the real speaking runtime is something closer to an hour because mm -hmm. by the nature of it, like every one of these videos has 10 seconds where nothing happens. My favorite part is one of the videos where you're like, we just have to sit and wait, <laughs> which is really good. It's just like, this one's meant to happen quickly, but like we just need to wait a minute. Yeah. And now, now we can finish. I, I, yeah. I just like that. That was, really that was me expressing my frustration with the YouTube system of like, mm -hmm. YouTube, please. Why do you have these arbitrary restrictions about how short the video can be before end cards are? Why do you only let me put them in the last 20 seconds? Yep. My whole life would be so much easier if you would just let me put them in a video of any length at any time, yep. but no. So yep. yeah, that was me being like a little passive aggressive towards YouTube. It's like, it's, I mean, like, at so the <laughs> point where you put the YouTube robot thing that you've created in there, I'm not sure if it was passive <laughs> anymore. You're like explicitly calling them out, but... YouTube, you know, we've got like a complicated relationship. I love that you allowed this whole thing to exist in the first place but also it's incredibly frustrating to work through your system <laughs> was it one script in the end that, that you were working from no so so that's why it's like i had no idea how long the actual runtime would be so mm. the the way like on my back end it's a you know it's basically 113 individual scripts okay like i always see what the word count is of whatever i'm working on and so i i know roughly like oh yeah like 2000 words is going to be this long but i just in the process of making it had never seen it and so it it wasn't until someone when i was doing the director's commentary someone pointed out that i could like select all the files in final cut and see the total runtime and yeah it was just genuinely shocking but i was also kind of relieving in a way because 
it made me feel less like how did I get so overwhelmed with this? And it's like, oh, the answer is you uploaded like three years worth of stuff. <laughs> like that's how yeah. this got so yeah. overwhelming. Whereas when they were the individual videos, I think in my head, I could kind of round all of them down to zero in some sense. It's like, oh, none of these videos individually is any kind of big deal. So if I round them all down to zero and then sum it up, it's like, it's not a lot of work. It's only when you see it all together at once that it was it was really shocking of like oh i actually did end up writing a ton for this and this also explains why the audio took weeks to do to get all of the different parts of it right i think uh much to the chagrin of my animator i refused to like copy paste the things where i'm saying like rock paper scissors or paper beats rock it's like no no i want all of these to be unique. I don't want any of these to be repeated. There's one little section, like depending on which path you take through the maze, where I'm, I've copy and pasted a description of what has happened because the same thing has happened in each place. But even on those videos, they're not exactly the same because I wanted it to sound different when I say like rock beats paper or you know, mm. whatever thing I'm saying at the end. These are little details. Like I don't know if listeners really pick up on that but to me it was important that it didn't feel to the person like oh i just copy pasted the same audio 300 times it's like no yeah. no i want to actually say these different there are some videos i'm assuming that are written in such a way that someone will and could see them multiple times right through one playthrough no there's there's no video that someone's see multiple times through a playthrough there's no repeated videos if you are doing an honest playthrough once there are no repeated videos even on the like going backwards part yeah even on the going backwards part wow commitment to the craft man Jeez, you did not need to do that <laughs> but i appreciate that you did people tried to talk me out of this but i, I felt like this was important to do <laughs> yeah i'm all in on the idea of making it as as artsy project as you can possibly make it <laughs> like if anyone i'm gonna be all in on that the reason I thought is just because some of them have no context in them and they're fast. Mm -hmm. So I just assumed that they were made so you could see them more than once and wouldn't remember that. So hats off to you. I can send you the map of the whole thing. Well, I was going to ask, how were they linked? Like, how did you work that out, the linkage? What were you right. using to... So that's half of it. Oh, my word. Uh, Let okay. me squeeze something together so I can try to get, like, one shot for the show notes. Are you effectively using an Obsidian canvas here? Yes, I am quite effectively using an Obsidian canvas. And I'm assuming that these are all going to Obsidian notes then, right? Yeah, so each one of these is an Obsidian note. What a great use of that feature. Look, I'm just going to say it. I think this is the biggest public project that has ever been done with obsidian like it just has to be what other thing made on the internet has been seen by as many people that required as complicated an obsidian setup as this yeah i think i'm at the peak i think there is no one on earth who has done something that hits both of those at the same level of like Maximum viewership and also maximum complicatedness for an Obsidian project. So yes, what I have sent Mike is some images of how did I put this project together? How did I keep everything straight? 
And what I did is in Obsidian, there's a feature called Canvas. Basically, you can take any of your individual notes in Obsidian and drop them onto the canvas where they just become a little box and you can connect them with lines to other boxes. And this is how I built up the map for how should the game work. So listeners, you will just have to pause your podcast player and take a look at the show notes to have any concept of what I'm talking about here. Yeah. But in the image that you're going to look at, each little square represents one of the videos. In the screenshots where I've zoomed in close enough so you can see the individual squares, you can see that the script for each video exists in one of those squares. So I can kind of get an overview of like at least the starting part of each script that I'm working with. And then I connected each square representing a script representing a video with red, green, or white lines, sort of depending on what's happening, for what other videos should this video connect to via the end cards. So that is what Mike is looking at right now, is a big complicated mess of squares broken up into a bunch of different sections, connected with lines and the red and green lines represent the win or fail state and where the viewer should go. This is incredible. I kind of can't believe that it does work. It seems so complicated. But like, did this allow you to effectively plan out how they were going to be linked when uploaded? Yes. It didn't start out this complicated, right? Even when I say like, oh, I got the idea of what I want to do. I'm going to have this rock, paper, scissors game that's going to end with the possible extinction of the human race. Uh -huh. Great. Very simple. It's like one line. It's going to be 20 games, just a straight thing, and we're done. And so I was thinking like, okay, I need to just have some way to look at this. I don't want to write this all out in a single script. I do want to take advantage of like breaking things down into individual notes because it's nicer to work with stuff that way. And so like, let me just throw this on a canvas and start to think about it because I need I need a little bit of like what happens when the person loses kind of stuff. So I started to think about it. But then the moment I started drawing this out, it made much clearer where there were problems in the potential flow of how players would travel around. It also made it much more obvious where things just weren't going to be fun. And so you're looking at the end result of trying to solve a bunch of problems. One of those problems is, well, if I'm playing rock, paper, scissors, people are going to lose. Like basically the definition of this game is every honest player will lose eventually. Some people might make it to one in a million, but we can easily round that off to 0% of the viewers will win. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a bummer, isn't it? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that's no fun. Let's play a game. All of you are going to lose. Oh, <laughs> right. I don't like that at all. So what I tried to do was slowly increase the number of ways that someone could have more chances. So this is where, depending on how people went through the maze... It's a bit like, if you fail, I repeatedly try to give you multiple chances yeah. to get on a winning streak. And so on the map that you're looking at, there's three vertical lines in the center. 
those are three main paths that can okay. be winning streaks for a player. They're like these columns? Yes, those columns. So the leftmost column at the top, that is the one video that is public, the one that has a yellow line that's connected to it. Mm -hmm. That's the start. And if you just keep winning, you're going down that vertical column. That is like you are winning the first game. It's the golden path. Yeah, the yellow line is just there for me to mark off that the final ending video where I have like a general message to everyone who has played, yeah. that also connects back to the very first video. I so see. that's why that like there's that one color that's different. I'm just talking about there's a bunch of boxes that are in a blue rectangle. That is, if you keep winning every time, you're continuing down this first path for a one in a million victory. But you can be knocked off that path, but then you, I will, if you win after you get knocked off, direct you to the start of a second chance to try to win a one in a million. I see. And then if you get knocked off that second chance, I will try again to redirect you to a third chance to win one in a million before you are actually knocked off. So the player doesn't know this at the start, but they really have three chances to try to win one in a million. And that will only become clear to them when they lose the first round. Yep. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And so those three chances to win one in a million those all then direct you to the one in a billion and one in a trillion run. Yeah. So if you get to the end of any of those three, you'll get directed onto there. And then across the top is something else that I added halfway through, which like doubled the complexity of what I was doing when I realized like, wait a minute, if someone keeps losing, like if they lose every time that actually also starts becoming very unlikely and so i realized oh i can do what i called an anti-luck run where instead of winning to one in a million odds you can not win until one in a million odds so you draw or lose every single time and I often decide like I'm doing a project, I found the thing, this is interesting. And then it is a professional delight when I find like, oh, there's something else that's even more interesting in here that I just didn't even conceive of when I started the project. Mm -hmm. And this concept of like someone is anti-lucky and they never win, but they never win so many times. It's one in a million. I was like, oh, this is delightful. Now, of course, Fast forward to where this was an absolute complete nightmare to make and the worst part of the project because it's just too many videos. And I was like cursing the fact that I had ever thought of this concept of anti-luck. But yeah, so that's what the top of this is trying to show is all of those videos where you lose or fail every single time and you get through the entire game without ever winning and end up as a one in a million anti-lucky winner. How did you ensure the linking in the YouTube system. Like, this map is great, but, like, this is not how YouTube looks. Like, how did you correctly assign the linkages to make sure that it was done correctly? Yeah, so this was a severely not fun part of the project. After everything's recorded, after all of the videos are made, after everything is exported and we've gone through the different versions, it all needed to get uploaded to YouTube and... 
There's no way around it. This was just pure misery. This was an absolutely miserable time in my life, putting all of these videos up. So the thing that I worked out to answer your basic question is that I developed a code to name all of the videos uniquely mm -hmm. with a little bit of information that tells me where in this map does this exist? So again, on those screenshots, you can see that the videos all have names like R1H03W. And so that means to me, it's like run one. This is the first game where you could win one in a million. It's hand three. And then W means this is the video for the win state. You know, so it's like, oh, R1H3L is like round one, hand three, but the losing state. So all the videos had unique names. Mm. I duplicated all of those names in Final Cut so that when I exported these videos, the file name would be the same unique name as the script. I uploaded them to YouTube. <laughs> we will shortcut the like unbelievable amount of work it took to just even get them uploaded to YouTube. But once they were there, I could then use the naming system to be able to find which two end cards need to match up with this video. So that's how that worked. And if someone is clicking through on the videos now, those file names are still in the descriptions of all of the videos as just a way for me to have a record of like, which script was this? Which video was this? Because when I was done, I didn't want them to have these titles because it would I think it would just be distracting to people and they would be trying to guess. So I went back and then renamed all of them just with like a red or a orange emoji for the win state or the losing state. On the YouTube back end, I now have pages and pages of videos that have no names. They just mm. have red and orange dots on the YouTube back end. So that's how it worked. The answer is a unique code for each script. Use that to refer to the map, to put the end cards correctly so that each video is linked to where I have it in this map in Obsidian. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by FitBod. When you want to change your fitness level, how do you get started? This feels sometimes like a monumental task, right? Not with FitBod. It is the easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that is just for you. This is what they take the time and spend the work to do, to give you your own plan because everybody's path to fitness is different. You have your own goals. You have your own ability for training. You have your own body. FitBod uses a powerful algorithm to make sure it learns about you and then creates a custom dynamic program based on your experience, any equipment that you have, and makes it incredibly easy to learn how to perform every exercise they show you because of their 1,400 HD video tutorials shot from multiple angles so you can see exactly how to do it. This gives me great comfort when I'm learning something new because I get to see somebody doing it. I'm not just reading some instructions that maybe I don't understand. Your muscles improve when they work in concert with your entire musculoskeletal system. So overworking some muscles while underworking others can negatively impact results. So FitBod tracks your muscle fatigue and your recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine. It mixes up muscle groups that you're using, the exercises that you're doing, and the sets, reps, and weight over time. This increases your overall strength, keeps your body sharp, but also keeps your gym sessions feeling fresh and fun because it's giving you new things to tackle and try. You're able to keep track of your achievements and your personal best, so FitBod's progress tracking charts, and it integrates with your Apple Watch, Wear a Smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. 
Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. Fitbot is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbot.me slash cortex. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbot.me slash cortex. That is F-I-T-B-O-D dot me slash cortex. And that's 25% off because you listen to this show. A thanks to Fitbot for their support of Cortex and Relay FM. Are your analytics ruined forever? <sighs> I guess it's also separate question, because I saw a lot of people talking about this. How do you feel like the algorithm feels about you? Oh, the algorithm obviously does not like this video. Okay. It's another reason why like this project was just a lot of work. It was also kind of crushing to work on because I was just constantly worried about this is not what the algorithm wants. The YouTube algorithm does not want the thing where a YouTube channel that uploads like four to six videos in a year suddenly uploads more than a hundred all of which are unlisted except for one extremely short video at the beginning. Like, none of this is going to fit into whatever machine learning system has been devised to figure out, like, what is happening here. It was just interesting to see, but, like, you know, YouTube provides you with all of this information about impressions, and I could see just straight away, and I can still see it, that YouTube is just not interested in showing this video to people like it's so clear the impressions data is the worst thing in a very long time that i have uploaded and I'm, i can't say that i'm surprised by that it does create this really weird phenomenon though where again like people will ask why am i so happy with this video and like one of the reasons is the amount of positive feedback I have gotten from people is just incredible. It's like an order of magnitude more positive feedback than any project in a long time I can think of. Right. Because people who like this love this. Mm -hmm. But I also know that there's a huge number of people who bounce off of this just immediately. So I do just want to signpost here, like... My feeling is not even, oh, the algorithm should have promoted this more. I think that there's very many ways in which the algorithm may be totally correct in not showing this to more people. Because just like the Hexagon Chess video, that was a video where I knew talking to people, oh, people either love this or they just don't care at all. And the Rock, Paper, Scissors one... I could tell it was the same thing. They would either have a very strong positive reaction, like, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. Or I would get a reaction that was a bit like, so what? Why am I playing a game of rock, paper, scissors against you on the computer? You're not even here. Like, what are we even talking about? Mm. So to answer the question, the analytics exist in this amazing place. They are, in some sense, the worst a video has done in a long time. And it's also kind of the best a video has done because roughly speaking, every view on average that is generated on the first video translates to about 10 views in total from people clicking through. So as of right now, this is a 14, 15 million view video project. <laughs> Right, so there's the video is one thing, but the project yeah. 
So, like, you know, I was going to ask you, do you think this video was a success? But I guess the question is, was this project a success? And those are maybe two different things with wildly different outcomes. That's the exact way to talk about this. In some sense, I could, like, totally make the argument of, like, oh, that rock, paper, scissors video, total failure. Like, just very bad, not being recommended by the algorithm. Mm -hmm. It's gaining no new audience. It's also why, like, the number of comments I've gotten from people who are like, I never even got recommended uh, this by YouTube. Also, like, order of magnitude more of those comments than I normally get from people. It's like, I'm not surprised. So I could easily make the argument of, like, ah, oh, that rock, paper, scissors video. What a disappointment. But at the same time, this may be the most viewed thing in aggregate that I ever make. Mm. Like, if that 10 to 1 ratio holds, and if the first video crosses more than 3 million views eventually, it will be the most viewed thing I've ever made. It'll be the most, like, in total popular thing on the channel. Now, like... Does it entirely make sense to think about it that way? I can easily argue like, no, that's sort of a dumb way to think about it. Mm. But that sound is exactly right. I view this project as a huge success for these two things. What I was hoping would happen is happening. That 10 number is really just an average, right? What's actually happening is... Probably more than half of viewers are clicking once or nonce, and then a smaller percentage of viewers are having a freaking blast, like exploring the maze behind the scenes. Yeah. And like that was the thing that I'm like, I'm just, just really hoping. Like, are there enough people who just really enjoy going through something like this? And it's like, I know I would enjoy going through something like this, so I hope other people are. Yeah. And that that has totally happened. So again, I'm sort of going to talk about this in themes, but like this has been by far one of the weirdest years of my life. It's got to be the weirdest project I will ever do. Like I just, I can't conceive that if I work on YouTube for another 10 years that I will ever do anything as weird as this again, because it's just such an insane outlier it's kind of hard to know exactly how to think about this but I, I can definitely tell you like my youtube backend is not easy to work with anymore at the very least like yeah. i'm really used to being able to like scroll down that one page and see videos <laughs> from the past yeah. several years and now it's like oh no 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 dude before you did this you had like 200 videos in total ever uploaded to the channel and you increase that by 113 in the space of two weeks so it's like no this is brutal <laughs> you know you sound about this being like maybe the weirdest thing like i always say this to you but this is one of those times where people in my life like kind of like our mutual friends are like what is he doing you know like when people <laughs> see it it's like wait what i'm like yeah man <laughs> it's, it is what it is this, he's done it he's gone and done it <laughs> you know you're saying about the recommendation mm -hmm. when you told me about this video i was so excited about it right and i was convinced it was going to be a success because it's weird and people will like it and i thought that it would get some element of word of mouth like that it felt mm -hmm. like a perfect word of mouth video and like i saw it you know like in a bunch of blogs that i follow were posting about it and you know on like various social channels and stuff and, and like in the relay fm members discord everyone was having a great time when the video came out right like it had that kind of feeling to it oh great 
But the thing that I was worried about for you, the fracturing of the social media landscape that exists today Mm -hmm. felt like it did the video a disservice. Like if this video came out in 2021 or something, and like all of the potential audience is still using Twitter the way that they were, I think that this video would have maybe had a, not massively, but a different trajectory. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm not sure about the impact of this yet. I don't think really any creator is. Like, now that the social followings have kind of fractured a little bit and conversations aren't, like, in one place as they were. Like, I just wonder if it may have gone a little bit differently if there was more of a, a focal point around where people were spending their time online. I'll just say for now, I have some thoughts around that that I kind of want to save for the theme episodes. Okay. But yeah, like there is something to that. Okay. Ultimately, there's no way we can know this, but it's just a gut feeling that I have, right? And this is yeah. something that I, I think at some point, I mean, if we don't end up talking about it in themes, I don't know what's coming up, that I would maybe want to touch on at some point of like how social media for a content creator now is so different, just like structurally. I'll say this as a preview. I think you are right, but I disagree with you on the reason. We'll leave that for next time. Yes, next time, which is themes, by the way. We're doing yearly <laughs> themes next, in case people are wondering. We moved episodes around this year. I was seeing some people like, oh, State of the Apps, that means themes is next. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks to our content calendar, we have actually planned ahead to not have to absolutely backbreaking episodes right next to each other we have instead gray talks about his completely life-destroying project yes. in the middle of yeah. the two biggest episodes of course but isn't that better though because like our <laughs> we were really brushing up against the start of state of the apps when you were finishing this yeah yeah no. which was like a worry like we had to keep moving it and i'm like oh it is the most <laughs> listened to episode of the year and it takes maybe the most preparation I feel like I I am just constantly causing Mike stress and problems no, in no, a bunch no. of different no, ways. No. This, like this is one of them, but this was also like I think you could sense that there was something different from me because as I was trying to close down this project, just like when I was creating the map while I was on the graycation, it's like I had to keep all of this in my head. The moment I started putting this stuff up on YouTube, I was extremely aware of. I cannot stop. I have to, now that I have begun, roll through and do just this all at once because the moment I take a break from it and try to come back, it's like I will have dropped these hundred plates that I'm trying to carry from one place to another. Mm -hmm. So this is why I was like, we do need to move things back and this is not an option because if I take a break from this, I will have to start over from the beginning and yeah it was that that was part of what made it really brutal there was one thing i don't remember what it was but it was either i needed something from you i don't remember i think it might have been the edit something to do with the edit i don't remember Mm. but i remember feeling frustrated that like we weren't moving it forward Mm -hmm. and there was a moment where i was like i know this feeling i have not had this feeling for a really long time yeah and then I was like, ah, it kind of like clicked for me of like, this one's different. <laughs> and like, I knew the project. I didn't understand the scale of the project, right? Like, I feel like, honestly, until I saw that map, 
you know, like you kind of need to see that to understand how big it was. But yeah, like you are not constantly causing me problems. <laughs> you used to constantly cause me problems, <laughs> but you don't anymore. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear I've improved. But like this one, it just had a different feeling in its yeah. scope and size. Yeah. What you said there is also why like, I'm very happy for you to put this like behind the scenes stuff in the show notes, because I think even the people who have clicked around, it's difficult to understand the scope of the project until you see a map of it. Also, one of the other things that was just absolutely delightful from my perspective and was was a real confirmation of how people were really just loving it is the number of people who made their own versions of this map was just crazy high. The, the oh. number of people I saw either manually trying to That's draw cool. it out, right? People who were making maps of like, where does this click over here? There were so many different versions of that. My absolute favorite one was someone who just took a ton of pieces of paper and by hand with pencil tried to draw out the entire thing. Oh my God, they did the Always Sunny meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were that person. Again, whenever you make anything and you put it on the internet, you're always kind of vulnerable to this, like, how are people going to react? And this one in particular, I was really hoping, like, I just want some portion of the audience to absolutely love it. Mm. And that was the confirmation for me of seeing, like, people are spending hours and hours building a custom website to try to list out like what are all of the videos and you can click on any of them to see the different things so like drawing by hand and rearranging on paper where do all of these videos connect to each other that to me was just the ultimate confirmation of people just love this some of those people will know i was removing some of those from the subreddit but just on the very first few days yep. it's like i don't want spoilers yes and this was basically like the ultimate spoiler so those are getting approved now. But anyone who made one of those things, like I did take them off the first few days and I was trying to send messages to people like, hey, I totally love that you did this. I just want to try to keep spoilers off for a little bit. I've got to assume people understand that. Everyone was on board with that. Like I did just feel kind of bad because it's like, oh, this is such an outpouring of enthusiasm. Yeah. But also like, you know, again, like I'm trying to give people a certain kind of feeling with this and the fun is the exploration. And so if you just see the map, it kind of pops that fun yep. instantly. Yes, because you shouldn't know. You shouldn't how know how is. big it is. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You shouldn't know that there's a whole second run. Like, you shouldn't know these things. Oh, which, yeah. by the way, I guess spoiler alert <laughs> if you haven't done it. But, like, I feel like if you're this far into the episode, you've at least paused the podcast and gone and watched the video, right? Like, uh, I'm just going to have to naturally make that assumption about the listener. I mean, you know, look, we always find the outliers, but I feel like surely almost everyone who's listening to this podcast has played the game. Well, I mean, even if they hadn't, at least 20 minutes into this episode, they're like, <laughs> you know what? I should probably go and watch this video so I know what they're talking about. I now yeah. look forward to the comments of the people who said they didn't do that. But tip right. of the hat to those people, because I do this, right? Like, I will listen to a podcast about a movie that I've never seen. Mm -hmm. You know, I do it. So, like, we all do it. Yeah, yeah. No, everybody does this kind of thing. Cortexans, I have a fantastic deal for you. 
you can get 20% off your first year of a Mortex subscription. If you sign up for an annual plan at getmortex.com and use the code HOLIDAYS2024 at checkout, you will get 20% off your first year. This is an incredible deal to get tons of great content. If you love this show, you can get longer episodes. Currently, 45 episodes in our back catalog going back to June 2020. They have extra stuff that you haven't heard. What about ad-free listening to the entire back catalog of the show that I remastered myself to make sure they sound better than ever before? So you can go back and re-listen to the show as much as you like if you want to, completely uninterrupted by ads. You can get all of our RPG and text adventure specials in their own More Text Specials feed for easy and convenient listening. This features over 25 hours of bonus content for more Texans, as well as access to tons of benefits like our RelayFM members Discord, exclusive wallpapers, which is a huge selection, behind-the-scenes content, and so much more. This is the very best time to sign up and become a more Texan. You're helping to support the show, we're giving you a great deal, and you'll get extra content as well. This offer is only available until December 15th, so do not miss out. That is 20% off your first year of an annual plan. This is just the annual plan. You'll get 20% off when you use the coupon code HOLIDAYS2024 at getmortex.com. This is the best time to become a more Texan. Do not delay. This is only available until December 15th. And hey, you don't have to buy it for yourself if you don't want to. This could be that great stocking stuffer that that family member could get for you this year. Just tell them about it quick. Holidays 2024 is the coupon code at getmortex.com. I want to talk about audience, right? Mm -hmm. Because I assume that there's a bunch of things going on here too. So obviously spoilers you wanted to try and avoid those as much as possible mm-hmm. did you do any like pruning at the comments i actually didn't need to do as much of that as i thought like there was you'd locked them to start right i think was the yeah yeah which was the right call i think i don't think this really affected people but i was so annoyed because there used to be an option on youtube to hide the view count of a video and I wanted to have all of the secret videos have no view count because I thought that that is a different kind of experience for the viewer to just to not know how many other people have seen this thing. And it's like that used to be a thing you could do. I don't know when they took it away. But I think in my head, I always thought it was there because I knew there's the option to close the comments. And what's also now like, basically ridiculous is the option to hide the like number which is like what an appendix of an option now that they've gotten rid of the dislike button hashtag never forget like i can't conceive of why anyone would want to do that it's like i want to keep the views but i gotta hide the likes i don't want people to think that anyone liked this video it's totally bizarre but i think because i saw those two options there and because the hide the like is incredibly dumb now like i was photoshopping in the hide view count option which used to be there but they got rid of it and i only discovered that i'd done a bunch of tests to make sure all of this could work beforehand but i hadn't tested hide the view count i mean look This is one of these things where it is probably best that I didn't discover that during the testing phase because I actually would have rewritten a bunch of the videos knowing that that was the case Mm. and instantly doubled the workload. So I didn't realize until everything was exporting. I was 
so frustrated at that point in time, but it was like, whatever, I just have to deal with this. Because I guess what you're saying is if you would have known that, you would have maybe written things in the idea of knowing that people know that there are people that are actually yeah. doing the run through who are not being honest, which is obvious. Yes. But yes, exactly. Like I would have written it in a way that sort of acknowledges what's happening with the view count, but whatever. Like it's, I'm not going to rework 113 videos because of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, I'm kind of glad I didn't discover earlier in the process. But yeah, so one of the other things I was really worried about is spoilers so that's why like the comments are just hidden on a ton of these videos because logistically it's just impossible to try to keep track and make sure no one is spoiling what the correct answer is at each step so it's like there's comments on the first video and then there's comments on all of the endings except for one I did turn off comments on that final video where I talk about the end of the human race Mm -hmm. And I know that people are frustrated with that because people people are like, oh, like I got to the end. Like I want to leave a comment. I want to talk about it. But this is me being the arty creator, right? It's like, no, no, I want to force you to just sit with that thought for a little bit and have nowhere to express it. This again is kind of the thing. I think when people watch something, there's a way they can pop their own bubble of thought by just immediately reading the comments and then leaving a comment themselves. It's like, no, no, no. Just for that final ending, the important video, I've turned off the comments because I want you to just have to think what you think about that without being able to just read everybody's take on existential threats and humanity. So uh, yeah, so there's comments enabled in, in different spots. It's mostly like, Having comments for a big part of the run would have ruined it. I had to worry about spoilers. And also, I think telling people now that like I was planning that no one would even know the view counts also explains why. It's like I was going to have no comments, no views. I guess this is the only case actually I'm suddenly realizing where I actually would have wanted to click the no likes button because I would wanted to hide that too. <laughs> so you'd have no information. So yeah. in case people you leave breadcrumbs, <laughs> you know, that they've been here. <laughs> uh, I wish I could have hidden the views. God damn it, YouTube. <laughs> this is, you don't get to control it, right? They do whatever they want. Yeah. You got you to work within the system. The system still let me make this crazy thing. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the subscriptions you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times on the phone or annoying back and forth emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. And this is super cool. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill. Rocket Money takes care of everything. Plus, you can monitor all your expenses in one place with recommended budgets based on your past spending, and you'll even get notifications when you've reached your spending limits. With over 5 million users and counting, Rocket Money has helped save its customers an average of $720 a year, 
and over a billion dollars in total savings so far. I have a friend who signed up for Rocket Money, and they went through and showed me how easy everything was. It was super simple for them to connect their accounts, and they had a very clean and clear view of all of the services that they were subscribed to. It was incredibly easy for them to cancel what they didn't want to be paying for. It was as simple as tapping some buttons in the app, and Rocket Money took care of all of those cancellations for them. This feels like magic, but also the way that things should be done, and Rocket Money takes care of it for you. Now they're paying less. It's a no-brainer. They no longer pay for the things they don't want to, just as the world should be. I love it. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash cortex. That is R-O-C-K-E-T. M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Cortex, rocketmoney.com slash Cortex. Our thanks to Rocket Money for their support of this show and Relay FM. Something that I saw in a bunch of places that was very confusing to me to why people were reacting this way was the question of what do I do if I draw? Uh, when it was so obvious, like to me, uh, like this is maybe one of those things where like, if it's obvious to you, you don't know why people don't understand it. Yeah, that's exactly what's what's happening. It there. was on the screen. You would show the hand movements. Win was this, and lose was the other two. And I guess in a perfect world, you'd have three end cards so you could have draw, right? But then that's probably good because you would have done an extra branch of what if you draw for one in a million? You draw every round. So I am actually happy that they don't have three end cards because it would have added even more work onto your plate. First, I mean, just conceptually playing a thing, it's sort of easier for the player to just have two options. But I was aware and I did know I am going to cause confusion with some number of people over this issue of the draw. Mm -hmm. It is also why I'm not surprised that the algorithm is just giving this video far fewer impressions than other videos. Because I do expect that that kind of confusion is something that like the algorithm can basically derive from the viewers of like what's happening here, right? Maybe people are just taking a longer time before they go on to the next video or like whatever it is. But I, I fully expect that like the algorithm actually can pull out some kind of concept like user confusion at location. So I just like, I just knew that I was going to take a hit on, I can't give people three options. I'm going to need to compress it down to Two, and I'll just I'm going to take that hit but mathematically the reason why is because if you think about it for a second the problem is with the statistics here that if a player draws well in rock paper scissors you go again and see then who wins or who loses but you can draw a second time right like just like you said you can keep drawing a bunch and the answer to if you are going to try to resolve the draw, how many videos do you need to do that? The answer is literally an infinite number of videos. It is not possible to guarantee you can resolve a draw in a finite number of steps. And so that's why it's like, well, this isn't even a thing I get to make a decision about. It's literally impossible within the YouTube system of you can only link to pre-made videos to successfully resolve draws. So I just I just had to be like, okay, draws are going to count as losses. 
And I did that because it just makes the game shorter than if you count draws as wins. But in, in my first version, I actually was writing it as draws or wins, but I realized it made the project significantly larger and it was just too big. So I changed it so that draws are losses. Like what it felt like to me was, and hey, look, if you're one of these people, I'm sorry if I'm putting you in a bucket. It felt like to me, people were reacting to a thing before they'd paid attention to it. I mean, maybe. I have a lot of sympathy here for two reasons. One of which is just... In the video itself, I never explicitly say draws count as losses, right? What I actually did is, this is one of these things that just happens when you're writing a script, right? There there are some points in the script where you spend a lot of time trying to select exact phrasing. Yeah. But those places are not at all obvious to the viewer. There's no reason yeah, that they should yeah, be. Yeah, that's a good point. So my, my language around the concept of fail is extremely careful because I'm trying to be inclusive of loss and draw are both failures to win. So I spent a lot of time on that, but... The viewer doesn't know that, right? That's a line that just goes by real fast. Mm. So I never explicitly say draws are fails. That's partly Mm. my fault. Like I had longer versions where I was explaining stuff more. And I basically made the decision of like, this is too boring. I really wanted to get that first video under three minutes. In an ideal world, I would have gotten it under two, but that was just compressing it too much. So draws count as fail is part of the thing. So Right there, since I have not verbally said it, I immediately give a huge pass to a large number of people for being confused at the end. And then secondly, it is a very hard-earned lesson from being a teacher that no matter how clear you think instructions are, they could always be clearer. And I don't think I did an amazingly clear job of explaining the concept that draws our failures in the end. Okay. I will take back of my criticism of people. Like, it was clear to me, but it is fair to say, like, it's not necessarily something is clear to everyone. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I also feel like, no, but it is very clear, right? <laughs> the thing to me that is funny, that you could miss something, and then you go to, like, a social media, like, you go to Reddit or something to say, like, what do I do? It's like, <laughs> you've spent so much energy <laughs> to go and do the other thing. Like, it's the answer is there. But, hey, you know, I can't understand everyone. That was kind of sad, but also expected. And, again, that's also why I was like, ooh, there's a bunch of things that are just working against this video, and that is one of them. Mm. But let me, Mike, let me tell you what is my real heartbreaker about this video, right? Just okay. that, like... I go, oh, I never would have expected it. I could not have predicted it in a million years, but it just kills me. What ended up being the most work and the hardest part of this video is what I mentioned before, doing this anti-lucky streak. What happens if you keep failing? And there were some points where I was seriously considering cutting that whole part, but I thought, no, 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 no. Like, this is interesting. You got to do it, man. Like, sometimes stuff is just hard and you need to push through. And I'm really pleased with the way it came out. And it makes me want to cry how many people had the experience of they lost and they just stopped. They didn't click the lose button. Yes. And I was like, Ah, right? Because it's like, guys, no, no, no. 
you don't understand. I've given you so many chances, right? Like there's a whole world to be explored here. You just have to click the button. But people were like, oh. I never would think to do that. Uh, like I got comments where people were like, oh, I lost. So it was just over. It's like, no, click the lose button. Like, dude, I'm here yeah. for you, right? I've I've made so many interesting things for you. We have a whole maze to explore, but you don't know if you just haven't clicked the like what happened button. So keep in mind, rock, paper, scissors. There's three things that can happen. Two thirds of the people who watch that first video should click the fail button. Yeah. And I'm... I think maybe half of them just stopped because they thought the game was over and they had just lost. And that to me was the sound of my heart breaking into a thousand pieces. But like, I guess this is one of those things where like... You just can't know. You just can't know. Well, no, but like people are so different because like to me, I'm like, I want to see what this video is. Because like I know there's another video there, right? And so, like, I'm just interested in, like, what's he going to tell me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But I see the thinking. I would never have assumed it. But I see the thinking of, well, it's over. Right? But it's not over. There's so much more. <laughs>